Welcome to an audio teaching from Windsor Park Baptist Church in Auckland, New Zealand. If you would like to look at the message notes or see some questions for reflection that take their lead from today's teaching, head to our website, windsorpark.org.nz and head to the online tab where you'll see services and series and you can download different resources from there. Thanks for joining us and we hope you're encouraged by today's teaching. Colossians 3.23 Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for men. I've come across this scripture a long time ago but it became one of the principles I strive to live by when I started my career as a graphic designer. My line of work demands consistent delivery of visually excellent creative work. It can be exhausting to consistently produce design work that impresses your boss, your clients, and your audience. So you really need to dig deep and figure out what will drive you to keep those creative juices flowing. Career advancement could be that inspiration. Keep producing awesome designs for your boss and customers and you're sure to get that promotion. But impressing people can be frustrating and you can never please everyone. Having been in this industry for decades, I received the most amazing compliments that made me feel like I'm a graphic design god. True story, back in the Philippines, a fellow graphic designer used to call me Lord Junie. As for some reason, he was super impressed with my design skills. But I've also received comments that made me feel like I'm such an amateur who'd be better off changing careers. If you consistently receive mixed feedback from people, it's gonna be difficult to put your heart into your work because you'll never really know if they will like it or not. Enter Colossians 3.23. How about doing it for someone who will always be pleased with your work? Work that was done with all your heart and work that's done as a form of worship. How about doing it for the one who gave you your skills and talents? and your very life. That's something that truly drives me to do my best work. Sure, I still have my work frowned upon every now and then, but you can't please everyone, right? But deep inside, I know I did my best. I worked at it with all my heart as working for the Lord, not for anyone else. And I know that the Lord honors my work done in his name every single time. That continues to drive me to excellence And the scripture also translates to everything else I do, or at least I try to, whether it be at work, church, family, relationships, or doing things for others. Working with all my heart in mowing the lawn, doing the dishes, cooking instant noodles, having family time, raising the kids, serving my wife, volunteering at church, you get the point. The scripture says, whatever you do. And that's how Colossians 3.23 shaped my life and continues to. Any excellence or good thing that comes out of whatever I do is just the result of working at it with all my heart, as working for my Lord and Savior, not for human masters. It's just over two weeks since Christmas, and I imagine most of you are still getting great enjoyment from gifts you received a fortnight ago. As we start today, I wanted to share with you a gift I received for Christmas over 20 years ago. Okay, yes. I am a bit of a hoarder. This is a picture my dad drew for me of the then Chelsea player Gianluca Vialli. On the back, in classic 90s word art font, is the scripture 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. I'm sure at the time I was far more interested in the player on the front and the team he played for 
than what was written on the back. But somewhere along the line, I believe this scripture began to shape my life. So I'm stoked to be able to share with you today about a similar passage which Junie has shared. As we can see from Junie's testimony, this verse and its application has the power to shape our whole lives. If you're going to pick a scripture to shape your life, this is a pretty good one. Before we dive in, I want to make it clear that when we talk about work today, we are not just talking about work we get paid for. I recognize that many of you are watching, uh, might be working in a bunch of other ways, such as parenting, volunteering, or taking a break from work to get healthy. The beauty of this verse is its scope. So whatever it is that you do, I want you to have that front of mind today. So let's have another read of the verse and those that surround it from Colossians 3, 22 to 24. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Firstly, I want to briefly acknowledge the cultural elephant in the text here. Did you notice it? It was the first word, slaves. This section is written specifically to Christian slaves in Colossae. Although they may not have been slaves as we would understand slaves today, the same Greek word is often translated as servant. For example, in verse 24, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Historians estimate that around one third of Rome were slaves slash servants in the first century. So that whatever we think of it, it was not a minority audience Paul was addressing here. And while we could do a whole study on slavery in the ancient Greco-Roman world and how Christianity addressed it, that's not our focus today. And I don't want it to stop us from hearing what this text can say to us here and now. Whether we are graphic designers like Junie, retired community volunteers, tradies, accountants, musicians, stay-at-home parents, teachers, nurses, or as the verse goes, whatever you do, what does it mean to do it unto the Lord? I want to look at this verse in three simple parts. What we do, how we do it, and why we do it. So let's start with the what. The whatever. I think today... We often associate whatever with someone like Bart Simpson. You can even buy a t-shirt, whatever dude. It's almost dismissive and definitely disinterested. Just to be clear, Paul's whatever is inclusive, not dismissive. What you do is included and validated. I think most of us have been around the church for a while, understand, at least in theory, that God can use us in secular jobs if we try to be Christ-like witnesses to those around us. But the key point I want to make is this. The actual work that you do matters to God in and of itself. The actual work you do has intrinsic value and can be done as an act of worship. Yes, we are called to be witnesses to our co-workers and those in our social circles, but I think this often sets up a tension where we see 99% of our work as ultimately disconnected from our faith. And the only spiritual part is when we mention that we went to church on the weekend or at least we watched it online these days. Let's reclaim the 99% of our work lives. John Mark Comer has written an amazing book on vocation, Garden City, which I highly recommend to anyone asking these types of questions. In it, he describes our work this way. 
You are a modern day Adam or Eve. This world is what's left of the Garden of Eden. And your job is to take all the raw materials that are spread in front of you, to work it, to care for it, to rule, to subdue, to wrestle, to fight, to explore, and to take the creation project forward as an act of service and worship to the God who made you. I love this idea of work as partnering with God to bring about a fuller expression of his glory, using the raw materials he has given us. For Juni, as a graphic designer, this might look like taking the raw material of a concept, an unformed idea, and bringing it to, a, to its fullness by use of color, image, and his God-given creativity. Until recently, I worked as a fitness coach in professional football. When I started to view my work this way, it gave me a new lease of vocational life. I truly began to see the players I was working with as created in the image of God, with God-given athletic potential, muscles and tendons, nerves and electrical impulses, created by God to sprint, jump and shoot. An amazing goal, or a player returning from injury, was actually glorifying God. My small part in helping with that process was part of my worship and service to God. So the what matters in and of itself, but so does the how. In this short passage, Paul shows us two ways not to work and two ways to work. We are not to work hard only when our bosses are watching. Having spent large portions of last year working from home, I think we can all relate to the temptation to lower our standards when no one else is around. We are also not to work only to win favor with our superiors. Of course, we need to earn their respect, establish good working relationships, but this shouldn't be to glorify ourselves as we angle for that next promotion or pay rise. I'm reminded here of Philippians 2 verse 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Paul's two warnings here show us a simple yet challenging truth. Our effort should not be dictated by our audience. Instead, we're to work wholeheartedly. The Greek word used here is psyches, which is also translated as soul. It's the same word Jesus uses when he says we are to love the Lord our God with all our hearts and with all our souls. The text literally means to work from out of your soul. Like soul music comes up from deep within, our work should come up from within. It should feel deeply connected to who we are as children of God as we bring our whole selves to it. I don't know about you, but if I'm honest, I don't always go home from work and think, well, I worked out of my soul today, or I gave my whole heart to my work today. I'd like to say that more. I want to be a soulful worker. Having said all this, it's important to highlight one danger with this verse. If we are not careful, we can subconsciously start to believe that our worship of God is dependent on our success. It's great, it is great to aim for excellence, work hard, and to have a grind set, a grind mindset. I'm learning new words being back involved with the youth here. All this is good, and I believe we should aim for excellence. But if we believe we need to be successful in order to glorify God, it can create an obsession with outcomes, a fear of failure, and an unhealthy pride in our own achievements. If I'm honest, I can identify with all three of these. To illustrate, I'm going to embarrass my dad again with another lesson he taught me. This one was on the golf course. Now, I'm not a great golfer by any stretch of the imagination. But I do remember many times being told off for a head up, as dad would call it. He taught me to keep my head over the ball 
and to try and keep it there throughout the swing. However, when I get too excited, I would do the exact opposite. Mid-swing, twisting my head, expectantly looking where I hoped the ball would go, probably thinking I was a lot better than I was. Invariably, when I did this, the ball would go way off target, and Dad would simply call it a head up. I think in the same way, we need to keep our focus on our attitude and our effort at work, call this our swing, and let God control the outcomes, where the ball goes. If we start to obsess about outcomes, it can lead us to take our eyes off the present as we start to focus on what we can achieve, and this also leads to pride. So it's good to be reminded that nowhere in this passage does Paul talk about outcomes. God asks us to control our attitude and our efforts, but not the outcome. So we've looked at the what and the how, but underpinning all of it is our why. And our why is in fact a who. In, this, in case this readers misunderstood who they are truly serving, Paul repeats it three times in this short passage that they are working for the Lord. Junie highlighted this so well. His designs, although commissioned by humans, are ultimately designed for God. In the next section, Paul also addresses masters and reminds them that they too have a true master in heaven. Perhaps this is for those of us in this context who are employers, bosses, managers, or even our own bosses. Wherever we are on the hierarchy, there is always one who is infinitely higher. So let's all aim our work higher. Ultimately, all our efforts are directed to God first and foremost. The trajectory of our work is toward the new creation in a posture of worship. So we are working for the Lord, and it's also the Lord who will provide our reward. And I love that Paul specifies that our reward is an inheritance. This is not workplace language. I don't know about you, but I've never seen inheritance in one of my employee contracts. Maybe I should speak to Grant about mine. Inheritance is adoption language. We are adopted into this family, and all he gives us, he gives us freely. This changes the way we work. We are not working for some distant CEO we've never met or clients who are utterly ungrateful. We are working for the family business, for a father who loves us, is committed to us and gives to us graciously. As we finish up today, let's quickly recover the what, the how, and the why from our verse. What you do, whatever you do, it matters to God and is an opportunity to worship. We are called to work wholeheartedly and with integrity, doing what is right, even when no one is watching, even when we're working from home. And why? Because we are working for the Lord, and He is worthy of not just worship on Sunday, but 24-7 worship that flows out of the full diversity of our daily experiences. Many of you will have heard of the great resignation of 2021, the record numbers of people leaving jobs, after all that the last two years has brought, as more and more people consider the bigger questions of life. As many of you are enjoying some well-earned leave, maybe you too are questioning the value of your work, or finding it increasingly hard to work for your manager, or running out of patience with your children. That's okay. It's totally normal, so much so that Paul wrote more or less this exact same passage to multiple churches. Check out, check out Ephesians 6, Talk about the original copy and paste. But as you reflect on your work, 
the year just been and a year ahead, maybe you do need to change jobs. Or maybe you just need to change your perspective. Whatever you do, could you aim your work higher as worship and service directed to a God who is infinitely worthy of all we can bring? As we close out today, I would just like to end in a time of prayer. Lord God, you are, you are so worthy of worship. You are worthy of worship on our Sundays and our Mondays and all throughout the week. Would you give us new eyes, Lord, to see our work and everything we do as an opportunity to worship you? Would you give us a renewed vision of how we can partner with you and bring about a greater expression of your glory in this world? And think of those, Lord, who, who are particularly struggling and finding their work hard. As we restart this year, I pray that you would comfort them, strengthen them, and guide them. And help us all, Lord, to work unto you in whatever it is that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining our audio teaching today. If there are ways that we can continue to support you or help you in your journey, please reach out to us. Head to our website, windsorpark.org.nz, and you'll find various ways to contact us. God bless.